This is Courtney Escoffrey, founder of the Tomo app, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I am your host, it's Paul Kemp. And uh, with this podcast, it's relevant for you if you are interested in the journeys of other entrepreneurs, other app developers. And actually that depends. Uh, many of my guests either work uh, part-time on their uh, on their projects, on their uh, creative uh, projects, or actually they work full-time. And uh, we're just like interested in anybody we can learn from. And so uh, with uh, great pleasure, I introduce our next guest who's going to talk about uh, Locals.io. Uh, that's uh, Locals.io. He's making use of those new domain names. And uh, his name is Matt Moody. Uh, Matt, it's a warm welcome to you on the App Guy podcast. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. So uh, I love the idea. I think it's obviously something very compelling, uh, finding out what's going on locally uh, with uh, you know, you, the use of your smartphone. Perhaps you could just tell us the background to the idea, how you came about with the um, concept of locals and, and what it does. Sure. I, I mean, I think that that local news and information is, has been has been done, you know, over and over and over again. Um, but it seems like, uh, you know, a lot of the the, the really effective um, national or international um news type applications have, have gone to the, you know, the social news where, um, you let the users, you know, submit stories and, um, and, and vote, um, that it doesn't seem to have been done very well on a local level, at least where, where, where I am, where I live. So. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, uh, many years ago now I had this idea of, uh, using smartphones to pinpoint and do hyper, uh, local, which, which would mean that you get, uh, uh, well, I guess it would be more like uh, ads from local retail shops when you're actually within a one mile vicinity of, of that outlet. Uh, I mean, how how local are we talking about with locals.io? So it's really this is really focused on the on the town level or the city level, uh, depending on the size of, of, the, of the the city. Um, and so that's that's really it, it's all based on that level, whether it's a county or a city or um, or, or a very small town. So. Okay, so the what what's really interesting is that uh, uh, we, th- I mean, if you think about social media, you're obviously then, I guess, competing in a way against uh, the likes of Twitter. If uh, I want to know why there's a the roads blocked off, uh, you know, half a mile, a mile away from me, or if there's a fire, I can see it in a distance, or if I can hear police sirens, I uh, sometimes just go to Twitter, find out what's going on there. Uh, how uh, are you competing against that behavior, that habit, in a way? Well, and I think that it's a little different. You know, I'm in a fairly rural area, and and I feel like that's sort of the strong point here because there's there's a niche there that nobody has really filled. Um, although we are getting some traction in some some bigger cities as well. Um, but really, I, I think that you know when it comes to Twitter, it's such a a very national, um, international um, sort of focus um, where you can you know when it comes down to a local news, um, unless it's a major thing, then it's still fairly difficult to find, you know, and the likes of uh, a Kansas City, um, something along those lines, it, it's still kind of tough. And, and I don't know that um, it, I don't know that I've turned to it for I've turned to Twitter for that more more on the international national level. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. And I'm guessing that the uh, main 
driver is that, you know, for, for example, I live um, in a, a small village on the back of a town, but I get these local newsletters come through uh, on a very small local scale. And in there are little events that are happening around me. And uh, there's uh, advertising local services. Is that kind of, you're trying to replace, I guess, the, uh, the, the paper form of these little newsletters that you get uh, with um, an app? Yeah, really. I mean, that's exactly what what we're doing. Um, it's basically the local news, you know, um, there's still a lot of local media, um, that, that are, that are doing okay. Um, you know, as far as the newspaper goes, um, you know, they've obviously had difficulties, even the smaller ones. Um, but I think that, you know, it's still that, um, you know, user, you know, talking at users as opposed to letting users play a role in the, you know, in the, in the news process. Um, and I and I come across that a lot um, with you know the publisher still decides what you're going to read, and I think on you know on the national and international levels you have Twitter where everybody has a voice, um, and sites like Reddit, which is which is a, a better comparison for really what what we're doing, um, and obviously you know the you know what stories are are of the most relevant. That's what everybody sees, um, and you can only get that if you open it up to the actual community. Um, and, I, and I don't think that that's been done very well on, on the local level. Yeah, it's really interesting because I'm almost thinking back to one of my previous episodes where we talked to the founder of Excess uh, Apps. And, and he was saying uh, apps are a little bit like uh, TV when TV first started out. You only had like a handful of choice. And uh, as the uh, market matured, then so did the explosion of TV channels. And in a way, that apps is similar to that. So for example, I'm thinking that, you know, I want to find out about what's going on to me locally. If I go to Twitter or if I go and read, you know, like the, the national, the big social media sites, they're not just doing it. They're not doing it for me on a local level. So I'm guessing yes. that that's where you're coming from. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so uh, I think with the listeners, then the apps to tribe listening to this, that, that many of us have ideas, but you've gone one stage further in that you've taken this a really awesome idea and you're starting to make things happen with it. Perhaps you can walk us through step by step what, what actually happened after you had this idea and, and how you made it become more of a reality. Sure. So uh, I'm a web developer, um, and and so really once I once I had the idea, then I, I kind of started playing around with different tools, and um, I, I originally started off with with individual native applications for um, you know each of these these towns, um, and what I ended up learning with that process was that um, you know it it was tougher to for me to get traction. Um, so we actually went backwards. We're a little old school now in that it's we're we're web first in a sense. Um, now naturally it's, it's mobile responsive. Um, but we've gotten a lot more traction just there with the, the social elements of being able to share stories. Um, so we're going about it that we kind of went backwards. We went with, you know, um, individual native applications, then went back and started doing, um, you know, a, a centralized web application. And then now we're building out the individual, um, uh, the individual native applications. Yeah, well, that, I'm really fascinated by that because, uh, again, it's a choice uh, we've had. I think you're the first guest I can think of that's gone that way, <laughs> backwards yeah, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of that, the reason why it, it also is, um, it pertains to where I'm located. So I'm I'm in Kansas, which is, it's, it's sparsely populated um, and it's a little older demographic. And so I think that that 
that had that plays a role in um, and why the web has has worked um, in, in a quicker manner for us. Yes, because so just let me understand then you, the the first iteration of this idea you were putting on uh, native apps. I'm guessing both Android and uh, Apple. Yes. And you were getting manually approved on Apple for what each town? Yes. Wow. So, like, you're, uh, I guess, that to grow that idea would mean uh, submitting uh, thousands of apps for uh, every time you go into a new town. Yes. I mean, it was, it's essentially, you know, a reskin of, of each application. But um, it, that, yeah, it was a, it was a tremendous uh, workload and it was never going to scale. Not that I was, you know, completely concerned with that at the, at the time. Um, but um, that, that was essentially what we were doing was creating a new one for each town. Because what we also do is we try to work with, um, with journalists or media, uh, you know, established media organizations um, in order to provide that local content, basically take care of the technology side for them um, and give them a platform to uh, to provide a, a social news. Yeah, because if we think about the users then, uh, the user experience, you know, what's happening, we're finding with apps is that the first port of call that people find when they're somewhere locally uh, is that they'll go to the app store and they'll start searching within the app store. And and so, of course, you're going to search, you know, your local town, put the local town name in, and uh, that will then pop up with the, uh, the, the apps now in iOS eight. Uh, what, what's fortunate enough is that there's, there's. I think they're opening up the search, so it's a little bit more broad. So you may actually then get more uh, search results from the web. But uh, I'm guessing. Do, do, do you see that behavior with um, users actually then searching for towns uh, within the app store? Yeah, and, and I don't know that we when we had the the individual native applications out. They, we, they I did that for probably about a six month period, and um, decided that it just wasn't working quite well enough. Um, the distribution was just really low, um, and so that's that's really kind of when we turned around. And so you know, I don't know. I I, I kind of felt like maybe we needed to go back to the web um, and build that audience there, since it's easier to. I think it's easier to to get the distribution there first, um, and and then and then circle back around. Oh, I see. Then take the audience who already uh, bought into your concept, then take them over to an app. Yes, yeah, I've got you exactly, exactly. Because uh, ultimately, I guess a native app would probably do more for you than a, a web app. But uh, it's yes. the discoverability. That's why you went for a web app. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think it's kind of like the the lines of uh, of Reddit, you know, where they. I mean, I think they just now have like sort of a, a semi-official application, um, you know, and before, you know, it's just, you know, everybody kind of got onto it first with, with web. So. Uh, yeah, their, their, their app actually, uh, I remember downloading it about a year ago and just could not use it. Uh, the, maybe it was a third party app on Reddit, but it was just, it was very poor. Uh, so yeah, I'm guessing that uh, again, you know, people listening right now, the apps to tribe, it's just one of those uh, dilemmas that, uh, you know, a lot of us have grown up with the web. The web is the first thing that we do and, and go to, uh, and it's just trying to tackle what, you know, at what stage does it make um, sense to go onto a native uh, side? So, um, okay. So then you've, you've, you've tried on the app store, you didn't get some good, you didn't get really good traction or distribution. Uh, you went back and you start building, started building web apps. 
Yeah, and, and that's that's more where my uh, that's where I have far more experience, and so really a lot of the you know another thing that I have to throw out there too is you know the 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 functionality that's in the web app now wasn't in my original um, native applications, so um, we kind of went with the web. I, I know it a lot better, so I was able to uh, to build really what I, exactly what I wanted, um, and so now we're now we're proceeding, and, and we've already. Um, seen far, far more traction and really uh, we've only been you know available for uh, about two weeks now so well this is great we caught you on your start of this journey which is absolutely yes. fantastic and uh, uh, I again I think it's a good lesson for us so the thing I'm learning from you Matt which uh, I'm taking away from here is that sometimes the app store is not the solution and it's to build the audience uh, on the web first, um, doing web apps, and then taking that audience to the app store. Uh, when ultimately, you know, you've already got it as an established uh, brand, and uh, you've got the capability. And uh, so, so you've um, you've launched, and I'm guessing you had to bootstrap this yourself. That you know, because you're a web you're a web guy, you don't didn't have to pay you know for external development of this uh, service. Yeah, yeah, and so I just kind of built it myself, um, and then I have uh, I have one other one other friend that, that works on it with me, um, and um, just sort of in the in the part time we we bootstrap it. Um, there's really not a whole lot of of, of expense, you know, involved um, any longer. And I mean, it's it's fairly easy once you once you've got the once you, if you know the web, um, and so that was that was by far where I'm far I'm far more comfortable on the web than than in the uh, the different native platforms. So. And I was I was going to ask because the uh, listeners now could be listening to this as either they're going to work or they're they've got a, a full time job. You've got a full time job as well, I believe. Yes. So, yes. what advice would you give to anyone who's wanting to do something uh, as a creative outlet, but you know, not part of their job as, as like something on their spare in the spare time? What would you suggest to those people thinking about doing a similar thing to you? Oh, I think that, I mean, it just, it, managing your time well, um, that, that obviously becomes very important, especially if you have a family like, like I do. Um, I have to, it, it comes down to making sure that you manage your time, um, extremely well, um, and try to get, uh, and, and I guess plan on not getting a whole lot of sleep. Um, uh, that, that seems to help. <laughs> I wish, I wish we could cure that, that need for, uh, <laughs> sleeping because, you know, I mean, uh, Google are trying to extend our lives, aren't they? They've got some, yes. uh, but, but no one's actually thought, well, to, to extend our lives, we just need to give up sleep. <laughs> that would give us another, you know, at least a, a third of our life uh, to live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if that works too well, though. So, I don't know. <laughs> so, okay, let's get more specific then, because I think that uh, we'd like to do an authentic podcast here. And that means that uh, we want to give people a real picture of what it's like to be, you know, a part time entrepreneur. And uh, you're working full time. So, so I'm guessing how, how, much, how much sleep do you actually get on average? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Probably four and a half. Five hours. Wow. So it really is. Um, you, you, you are, you know, taking every moment. I'm, I'm guessing you don't have a lot of downtime to just consume media and, and relax. You, you're, you're, a lot of your spare time is focused on this uh, project. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's one of those things where I, I know I need to sleep longer, um, but it I've been able to function. And obviously, I don't plan on doing it for for the rest of my life I, it would be a very short life i imagine if i kept that up <laughs> yeah. I, ironic matt i've just literally come off of a mastermind call and uh that was the topic you know the sleep deprivation and, and how it affects you and uh, i think you know a lot of us listening 
would would appreciate that you know when you give up sleep you are you know you kind of uh, it, it's a double-edged sword in a way because um it, yeah i think it has a real impact on you when it's under five hours yeah and I, I don't even know that i don't necessarily recommend it for anybody <laughs> um <laughs> it just seems to i i've been able to function okay with it so um and i have a i have a very understanding uh, wife who who is is okay with me staying up to all hours of the night working on um working on the computer yeah. um, <laughs> at least uh she knows what you're doing and uh yeah <laughs> she knows where i'm at <laughs> yeah uh, and uh, how has it changed you as a person this in a way it has the journey you know is it has it been something that's just been a, a useful experience that you would sh- sort of recommend to everybody well yeah and this is not my this isn't my first startup um i i started up a a, a soft drink company um in 2008 and so um, I've had that experience before. Um, now this is my first experience with it, it, you know, kind of running it as a as a side project. Um, oh, okay. So okay. that would be interesting to learn about your background there. Then, so you uh, had you were working for a startup, and 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 that was um, you were all in on that. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. You went I went back to work. I, yeah, I w- I was working for a um, a company, and I got laid off back in two thousand eight when when the economy kind of kind of hit the fan. And, um, at the time I just decided that I was working for a supplement company, uh, doing product development. And so I decided I had an idea for a, uh, for a drink. And so, um, obviously I didn't, I didn't have to worry about, uh, a full-time job at that point. <laughs> um, and so I, I was definitely all in on that one. And do you feel that experience has helped you this time around? Incredibly. Um, uh, just, I mean, it was by, far the most um it it was i learned more in that than in the three years that i worked on that company uh, more than i learned on you know during any other project or school or anything so so matt there's the big lesson for the appster tribe is that it's all about the journey it's not always about the end goal and the success how many downloads do you get of your app Uh, are you likely to be taken over by you know, one of the bigger players in the market and, and have a big exit. It's more about the, the journey in a way. And, that, and that's what I've learned, you know, from doing this podcast and doing the things that I do is that the experience you get along the way is is remarkably um, much more than you probably would uh, if you were in a, uh, you know, like a, a job, a career where, where, you know, what you were doing was second nature. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, my soft drink startup ultimately failed, but uh, the experience was was priceless, and I'm, I'm I still have thousands of fond memories of that. So great! And so, what you're at the position now? Then you've been uh, with this. Uh, how's the first two weeks gone for you? How's the traction? Um, yeah. So the first two weeks, um, I, I can't remember how many downloads we had when we first threw out the the native applications. It wasn't very many um, in the in the you know thousands. Um, and so far on the web since we've launched the web app then we have just over 10,000 users now so um it was a significant difference um it, it already it already is a, a proving to be a better model so i mean that's amazing numbers as well and if you think about it, i i actually think about some of the circulations of local newspapers and uh, you must have within two weeks uh, just gone and started competing with you know the circulation of some of the the newspapers that are around your local areas 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that that's, you know, when you focus on, we obviously are focusing more on, on niche, you know, we're not trying to tackle, um, San Francisco or New York city or anything like that. Um, because there's obviously just a tremendous amount of, of competition there. Um, we're in markets that are underserved. And so it, it, and it's, you know, in these sort of smaller towns, it's, it's very easy to get traction because, uh, you know, word spread, spreads pretty quickly. Yeah. And in terms of the statistics that are important to you, then what, what do you look for right now? Is it the, the number of users that's the most important thing or the time on the, the web app that they spend? How, how are you thinking about your data? Um, so the most important for us right now is just is, is in users. Um, I think that's our that's our most important. Um, um, you know, time on site is obviously the next. And, and um, we're looking at both of those, you know, all the time, making sure that, that we're okay. Um, and everything, time on site, I feel like we were, we knew that we were, that one's going to be, um, because we aggregate and there's, you know, linking. And so um, that one can be a little tough to measure since we, we send people to different locations, um, you know, fairly quickly. Although we have a great, uh, you know, the ability to vote on local stories is obviously, um, it, it, it drives people to come back. So. Oh, I see. That's, uh, the, one of the killer features then is the ability to vote on local stories. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, you know, um, with most local media, you know, you still have, you know, publishers and editors deciding what the most important stories are. And I think that that model has been proven to not be very effective on the national level, um, or at least not as effective as, you know, something like Reddit where the community decides what's, what should be at the top of the page. Um, and so we basically just took that um, as an example and trying to apply it on the local level. Yeah, I'm almost thinking back to a chat I had on this uh, show series called, with uh, Jane Chung of Kloof. And she was talking about the democratization of timelines and uh, how that's actually a, a, a big uh, discussion topic now in a way, you know, because of uh, Facebook's algorithms. And, uh, you know, we're, we're being presented more and more with being, you know, Facebook were manipulating our feeds earlier this uh, year. And uh, and she was talking about how important it was to have a democratic timeline in a way of you know what you see, and I'm guessing that you have that in a way because it's it's what people are voting for. Yeah, absolutely, and I don't think that's it's just not um, you know surprisingly I, I haven't found I I haven't found anybody that seems to be doing it um, the same way that um, you know somebody like like Reddit has done. Uh, and so really what you're, you're being really disruptive. Uh, I mean, do you feel it's disrupting like, like an established in industry in a way? Yeah. I mean, it's very disruptive in, in some of these markets where the, you know, the, the local newspaper or the local radio station has been, you know, the sole um, news entity. Um, and, and now to have, you know, to allow the, the community to play a bigger role and decide what's important um, and, to, and to provide the news is 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 very disruptive uh, matt we love it we love disruptive ideas on this show it's uh, one of the big um uh, things that we talk about all the time and anyone that's disrupting uh, any industry is uh, uh, you know is, is, is worth following so uh, in, in talk, talking about um, ideas uh, one of the there's two things that we need to do before we say goodbye one of them is that we need to flesh out an idea from you for another app a native app or a web app uh, I'm going to ask you outright whether you have any other ideas that you can share with us uh, that um, you may not end up working on. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think in my in my full time job, I, I work with local businesses, you know, and trying to develop web, uh, you know, business models, um, whether it's through websites or apps, um, 
and and then we also manage um, you know their advertising and their marketing. Um, and I think you know something that I haven't found a very good example of yet would be some where um, you know some of the traditional means of advertising. Um, are, they're still effective. Um, they're they're maybe not as effective and um, sort of going away. But um, I, I think if there was a you know somebody that if you could put together an application that would allow uh, local businesses to not only you know uh, put together a, a Google AdWords campaign, but um, you know combine that with some, with you know online and offline marketing um, and making that very simple for. For local businesses, I think that would be a, a tremendous tool, um, and it would help it help a lot of businesses. And I think it would be quite lucrative. Yeah, that's a terrific idea because uh, you know if you think about a lot of the uh, successes online, it was it's all about having pooled resources. You know, I'm thinking Groupon was effective because they uh, they created this ability to have buyer power. And, uh, you know, group to pull together your potential buying power and, and increase that. And local businesses, you know, have a perfect opportunity here to collect co- collectively uh, because they're not competing you know, sometimes with each other because maybe they're, you know, there's the same stores all over the country owned by different uh, business owners. Then they could collect uh, their their idea and their buying power and uh, maybe have some kind of app that, that helps with that. Yeah, and I, I, you know, there's so many local businesses that that provide a great service or a great product, um, but for them, you know, that that's their full time job. And so, when it comes to the marketing and advertising, it's it's, you know, that's a whole other world. And a lot of them don't have the time nor the the you know the resources to to make sure that they're putting together a a, a full marketing campaign. So something that I think that would be really cool. Um, and I think there'd be a lot of businesses that would love to be able to have an, an easy solution to having, um, you know, their, their advertising taken care of on, on the online and offline. Okay. Well, there you go. Listeners, you have uh, heard it from us first. Here is the idea. You have uh, a group on for local businesses where uh, people uh, that are looking to sell advertising packages, go onto the app and uh, it's, um, it has a user base of local businesses that pool their money collectively and uh, have increased buying power uh, for you know some of the same things they buy all over the country and all over the world in fact and um, because you know if you're running a i don't know a local uh, re- retail outlet or um, uh, maybe a, a printing press office or something then you're going to have the same needs uh, you know on a national scale if that was pooled so uh, maybe we call it uh, groupon for local business <laughs> I probably need a better name for that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, and the final thing then is, you know, as this is the app guy podcast, I love talking about apps. So uh, do you have a smartphone near you and are you able to give us one or two apps that you may have come across uh, that you feel that maybe we've, we haven't heard about? Well, you probably heard about this one, but the one that I, that I uh, am loving right now is inbox from Google. Um, I just, I really just got rid of Gmail off of my phone and, and switched to inbox and it's fantastic oh yeah i've heard a lot about it actually i'm, I'm going to download that because i have uh, google apps for business and i, I use uh, mailbox but uh, i uh, we, we've had um you know two or three guests on the show prior to this talking about the uh, challenges of email so inbox is it very different to gmail um you know and it's it's tough to describe, and, and at first I wasn't so sure about it, but now I'm I'm absolutely loving it. It makes my email functional now, like um, being able to keep tack, uh, keep 
uh, track of, of tasks that people email. Um, it, it, it's very, very nice. And I know there, there are other ones out there. I just happen to have been using this one for the last few days and it, I love it so far. Is it, it's not an invite only, is it? For, and I'm guessing it's yeah. only on Android. Yeah, it is right now. Um, I just happened to get an invite. <laughs> so, um, but I, I, I think it's, it's expanding pretty well cause they give you, they give everybody who gets an invite, you get through to give away and so forth. So, yeah, so it's, uh, so far, if you can get an invite to it, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, I would say that anyone listening to this who um, uh, either has invites or wants invites, maybe, um, you know, if they could just uh, tweet about it or uh, go and visit the uh, show notes. And I'll, I'll uh, if I do find any invites, uh, I'll put um, those on the show notes of your episode, which is episode 181, Matt. Awesome. Great. Okay. Well, thanks very much for joining us on the App Guy podcast. We've learned an enormous amount. I've uh, taken away, you know, a lot. Uh, and it's been just so you are the first guest to talk about the uh, experience on uh, you know the app stores and uh, going the other way and uh, it's just refreshing to uh, you know hear your story and, and put a different perspective on what we should be doing so thanks for joining us well thank you thank you for having me yeah how best it. can we reach out to you actually matt what's the best way of connecting uh probably probably the best one's through email it's um i'm mm at locals.io wonderful thanks for joining us on the app guy podcast matt all the best thank you you too Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. Everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can build your own things that other people can use. The App Guy Podcast 